Hi, this is Sue Burke. Welcome to my podcast. I've written posts about the science behind acquired taste and about cybernetic eyes. I plan to touch on the other senses too. Yes, pun intended. What better time to investigate the science behind touch since two scientists have just won a Nobel Prize for the discovery of touch receptors? Which sense do you think people take most for granted? I did a Twitter poll a few months back and asked people to vote on their favorite sense. Touch received zero votes. Dr. Patapotian, one of the Nobel Prize winners, would definitely disagree. He's been quoted as saying, in science, many times, it's the things we take for granted that are of high interest. I bet if he took my Twitter poll, he would have voted for the sense of touch. How does touch work? Touch is an elemental function of the nervous system, which is how we react with our environment. Let's start with a quick review of the science of touch. What better way than with a mini guide of signaling in the human nervous system? Yes, a touch of science. I promise there will not be a neuron quiz. I did have a quiz on my last post about canids, and actually not many people took it. So I'm not going to create a neuron quiz. But we are going to touch on what neurons are. A neuron is a nerve cell that is the basic building block of the nervous system. Neurons are specialized to transmit information throughout the body. Neurons release chemicals known as neurotransmitters into synapses or the connections between cells to communicate with other neurons. Since we're talking about touch, in this post, this um, podcast I should say, I'm referring specifically to sensory neurons. They're part of the somatic nervous system. Sensory neurons carry information from the sensory receptor cells throughout the body to the brain. A few touch receptors include those that tell us about heat, cold, pain, pressure, and proprioception. Proprioception means where we are in space. Now I bet you're saying to yourself, what's the big deal with discovering sensory neurons? Why did those guys win a Nobel Prize? We know the touch receptors are out there, especially when we step on a bee or our hot cocoa is too hot. And yes, both those things have happened to me, and I hope they haven't happened to you. The big deal was that scientists didn't know where the receptors that stimulated the sensory neurons were located. Not exactly. In our skin doesn't quite cut it. Scientists have been searching for touch and temperature receptors for many years. Everyone knew they were somewhere, but no one knew where they were. Touch receptors were the elephant in the room. So that brings me to wonder what we did know before the discovery of these touch receptors. René Descartes, in the 17th century, hypothesized that particles of fire pulled a thread between the skin and the brain. Flash forward about 150 years, when scientists found distinct sensory spots on the skin that were shown to react to specific stimuli. This indicated that different stimuli activate different types of nerves. In the 1890s, Charles Sherrington and Edgar Douglas Adrian, I don't expect you to remember their names, showed how neurons function. There must have been a lot of dissection going on back then. In 1906 came a huge discovery. 
Camille Golgi and Santiago Cajal proved that all nerve cells in the nervous system constituted a continuous interconnected network. The nervous system was a system. I know we take that for granted, but it was a big deal. The concept that a nervous system was a sy system was so important that it makes some top 20 lists of important scientific discoveries. In 1944, two scientists divided nerve fibers into two different types with different thicknesses and showed that the thicker fibers convey nerve impulses faster. They discovered the highly differentiated functions of different nerves. Maybe people didn't vote for touch because they don't want to think about the negative connotations associated with touch, in other words, pain. Emily Dickinson thought about pain. She wrote a poem that I love. Pain has an element of blank. It cannot recollect where it began or if there was a time when it was not. It has no future but itself, its infinite contain, its past enlightened to perceive new periods of pain. In my opinion, no one can top that, so I'm going to define pain in a less poetic way. Pain is a protective mechanism that will encourage the body to withdraw or avoid some exogenous, injurious stimulus. There are two types of pain fibers, A-delta fibers and C-fibers. A-delta fibers are faster, and you wonder why? It's a great question. A-delta fibers are myelinated, meaning they have a special coating around their nerves. Myelination, the special coating, allows conduction to travel faster, like rubber around a telephone pole. Myelinated means fast. If you were a sprinter, you'd want to be myelinated. C-fibers are unmyelinated and thinner. Because of myelination and diameter differences, Painful stimuli from A-delta fibers arrive in your brain before those same painful stimuli, stimuli from the C-fibers, which is oh so nice for us. The A-delta fibers send the first pain into the brain, and the C-fibers travel more slowly, so you notice the pain from C-fibers several seconds following an injury. Another example of something we take for granted is proprioception. Proprioception is the sense that lets us perceive the location, movement, and action of parts of the body. It's also referred to as kinesthesia. A-alpha fibers are the proprioceptive fibers and easily the fastest. Why? Well, I expect you realize that they are probably thicker than the A-delta first pain fibers and have more myelination, and that's true. And the reason that they're the very fastest is we have to know where our limbs are in the space, in space at any given time. The A-alpha fibers get the job done so we don't fall down or bang into things, at least most of the time. Now that we're up to A-alpha myelination speed knowledge, let's get to the newest discovery. Artem Patapotian and David Julius won the 2021 Nobel Prize for Physiology or Medicine for answering the million-dollar question, how are temperature and mechanical stimuli converted into electrical impulses in the nervous system? I don't love that they've put one category for physiology or medicine because it feels to me as if it, 
the Nobel Prize Committee doesn't think that these categories are important, but they are. Using capsaicin, a, the compound that gives chili peppers their distinctive burning sensation, David Julius was able to identify a receptor in the nerve endings of skin that responds to heat. As an aside, the reason why you like or don't like chili peppers is science-based. I've got an article on my website that tells you all about it. Anyway, Dr. Julius's experiments revealed that this receptor, TRPV1, is an ion channel that is activated by painful heat. Independently of one another, both David Julius and Artem Patapopian used the chemical substance menthol to identify another receptor, TRPM8, that was shown to be activated by cold. In other words, they discovered the icy hot receptors. Patapopian and his co-workers succeeded in identifying a single gene whose silencing rendered the cells insensitive to poking with a micropipette. In other words, a new and entirely unknown mechanico-sensitive ion channel had been discovered and was given the name piezo-1 after the Greek word for pressure. So what are ion channels exactly? Ion channels can be thought of as pores in our cell membranes. The pores are made of protein. And even though ions travel across these proteins, I personally think that ion channels is misleading. No one asked me when they decided to name these ion channels. But in another way, channels are like gates, and you can pass through them. Gated channel proteins have lips that close and open, and the TRPV1 ion channel opens when painful heat touches it. On my website, I've got a picture of the channel, and you can see the lip on top of the protein, which is nestled right inside the cell membrane. So ion channels are specialized proteins in cell membranes that provide a passageway through char which charged ions can cross. The TRPV1 protein has been nestled inside the cell membrane all this time, but finally was discovered. An opening of these pores elicits a sensation of burning pain, at least in the TRPV1 pore, by selectively activating the sensory neurons that we talked about. I've got a chart on my website that shows you the different temperatures and the different receptors and how fast the impulses speed along the nerves in response to cold or heat. So now that you know all about the science of touch, why does this matter? If the TRVP1 protein channel could be selectively closed, it could decrease issues such as inflammatory pain, lower core body temperatures due to high fevers, dampen protective reflexes, or aid with neuropathies and visceral pain. How about the peripheral neuropathy and diabetes? It would be cool to actually do the opposite and stimulate these channels so people without sensation 
would notice if they stepped on a thumbtack or cut themselves. Then they could take care of their injuries without getting infections. Remember that silencing the piezo gene renders cells insensitive to poking with the micropipette. In theory, silencing these spots could help with issues such as mechanical, which is joint pain, uh, issues with respiration, blood pressure, and skeletal remodeling. These discoveries could lead to the development of non-opioid painkillers and treatments for a wide range of disease conditions, including chronic pain. So that's why I wrote this post. I want to give it up for these scientists. They identified critical missing links towards understanding how our bodies respond to the world about us, around us. Please visit my website at www.susanburke.com and take a look at the graphs and charts, which will help your understanding, as well as links to articles for more reading. I'd be ever so grateful if you'd subscribe too. Thanks for listening to my podcast and stopping by. See you soon.